listening to The Good Fight, where campus meets Christ. Greetings, I am Timothy Kinneman. And I am Grace Lita Gonzalez. Today on The Good Fight, we are explaining patience. Yeah, or maybe a little bit more accurately talking about it, seeing what comes out. Um, so we've titled this episode, Are We There Yet? Mostly because it's, I mean, if you have ever been in the backseat of a car, I think it's very stereotypical of kids asking, have we arrived at the destination yet? And parents going, y'all, we're, we're not there yet. I know when I drove across the country as a kid with my parents, I think about an hour in, my mom said, if you keep asking if we're there yet, we're never going to get there. And so my sister and I shut up real quick because we were excited for, um, eventually stopping driving yeah yeah stopping driving is usually good i think in my family it was always um we would we would ask more as a joke we would never really really intend it but anytime we did make those kind of uh complaining questions uh the threat was you know if if you keep asking then we'll, we'll we'll pull over and you can walk the rest of the way so see we only were threatened with walking if we like were yelling like if i was like we were fighting in the back seat and mm. then my mom would be like no she'd pull over the car she'd open the door and she'd be like you gonna sit quietly and peacefully or uh you gonna walk home so that would happen for me as well although so yours was it was more in, all encompassing it was that was the response, yeah. that was the baseline punishment nice get out and walk <laughs> and speaking of car rides um, when I think of patience, I specifically think back to um, just last fall, just a little over a year ago now, 13 months or so, when um, I drove, well, I, I wasn't doing the driving, but... You were driven. I was driven. <laughs> so I, even worse, because I think when you're driving, you at least have something to do, um, to New York, to move into Columbia. Which you should probably say how long that drive was. Uh, it was 12 hours. Uh, so not a little drive. 12 hours just on the road, plus like another hour, hour and a half for gas stops, meals, that kind of stuff. Y'all are fast at your gas stops. What do you mean? Like, oh, my family, if we like add at least two hours to every trip for like stops, every stop is going to be at least half hour, like getting out, stretching. That's a long break. I guess we're just not efficient. <laughs> breaks. Interesting. So, I mean, maybe your breaks are that long because you're you're too patient. Mm, I see, I see. <laughs> but I remember, I, I bring this story up because I remember, number one, I slept at least half of that car ride. Um, nice. And the reason I slept was because I didn't want to, I don't know, suffer all of that time in the car. <laughs> Because it's pretty cramped. It's not the most comfortable. It was a full car, full of people, full of stuff. And so for me, sleeping was a way to like cope with that. Like an escape from the time, the passing of time. It was, yes. But then I also remember kind of the reward at the end of it all was, um, you know, being a, a small town Midwesterner. Hadn't really been to a big city, but then... Uh, in Pennsylvania, there's one, or New Jersey, my bad. There's some point where you like come over a hill and you can see the skyline in the far, far distance. And it's just remarkable to see that and go, 
first of all, that's where I'm going to live for not as long as I was expecting because circumstances got in the way. But <laughs> but then also to think, like, this is the New York City, and I'm looking at it. Yeah. That, that was a, a remarkable experience for me. Yeah, I think right now you were mentioning it, but you're the whole reason you're not in New York City right now at the time of recording. Um, we are, everyone is still being affected by COVID. And, you know, I'm going to guess just a wild shot in the dark that in three weeks when this is posted, um, it's still going to be the same situation. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So none of us are at the skyline part yet, right? Everyone in the world, well, I guess different countries are at different stages, but still no one, like, everyone isn't quite, like, no one's at, at the, the sky line stage everyone's still um, on that that long car ride that they wish they could sleep and that long car ride they wish they could sleep exactly um so i think i mean everyone listening y'all are i don't know where y'all are right now but um guidelines are still put in place there are certain restrictions the like front page news every day is still talking about it um and so we're definitely in like universally people are in this kind of stage of patience um, of like having to wait because of circumstance and not quite knowing what the end is going to be or when it'll come. Mm -hmm. And I think putting in that, putting it in that light kind of introduces to me two different concepts. Um, there's the concept of, you know, we're required, we're like forced to, to go through this because we don't have an option, right? Right. There's no choice whether we will, um, sit through COVID because we simply like can't just make it stop whenever we want. And then there's there's kind of a, a a different kind of endurance, kind of of by choice, mm -hmm. um, or even how you're handling um, the the forceful patience, right? So to me, I think I'm seeing a, a difference really in the patience that produces, are we there yet? Mm -hmm. um, the kind of patience where you're, you're not, I, I mean, I hesitate to classify it as patience, really. It's, it's not really enduring through it. Um, it is. Un undesired long suffering. Not even undesired, but because you can not desire suffering and still be. It's unendured. It's unendured. Unendured. That's probably a good way of putting it. I mean, even if you make it through the end, I don't. I don't feel like you. You can really say I've endured through this mm -hmm. experience because the whole time you were like, "Is it over yet?" Yeah. Whereas on the other hand, I do think you know, the suffering of, I don't silent suffering, enduring suffering where you where you're not um, trying to remove yourself the whole time, where you're not uh, I don't know how to talk about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean, in hearing what you're saying, it's like we're we're trying to be more specific about what we're calling patience, right. So I think we could maybe define it as a situation which requires patience. But even if a situation requires patience, that doesn't mean you have to be patient. Like, you can still... So, like, going back to COVID, the situation requires patience. Like, especially, let's say, um, 
in the beginning when it was kind of an immediate mm -hmm. shutdown and all of a sudden you were not going anywhere at all and it was a huge 180. And you thought, you know, three weeks from right. now. And then three weeks came and you were like, oh, never mind. It was worse. Exactly. And that's one of those situations where it requires, like it requires patience from everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and it required that people be patient in order to kind of endure and are continuing to endure. But you can come at it from an approach or from a mentality that's not one of patience. And that means you're, you're just going to handle the situation differently. Mm -hmm. Um, which I guess you could probably say is maybe a less optimal. If it's if a situation requires patience and you're not patient, you're probably going to have a less optimal like end result. I don't know how to frame that. But... And I don't think you're going to be... Well, you're certainly not uh, amicable during the experience, you know? Yeah. There is no happiness whatsoever in that sort of unenduring patience. So another thing that I'm kind of thinking of here is, you know, we've introduced this idea of patience and now we've kind of explained it, I guess, as a, an enduring suffering. Mm -hmm. But then my question is, where do we get it? Yeah, I think, well, we should probably hop on over to the Bible um, a little bit. Just because, I mean, obviously that's where we're going to find it as Christians, where we are seeking. Um, and also probably we might phrase it in a better way than, than we are. So do you want to read Romans 8, 22 onwards? I would, love, bit? I would love to do some reading. So while Tim is flipping his Bible pages open, we talked a little bit about Romans, I believe. Well, I think we mentioned it last week and the week before, but um, to go over, it's a letter written by um, this guy named Paul, and we, who we discussed a little bit last week, I think, also. Did we? Uh, well, we, we spent skipped. the bulk of our time talking about him the first time we, we uh, looked at Romans. Last week, yes. we didn't actually look at Romans. Did we mention we? Oh, we, we mentioned, mentioned Romans, yes, I see. Yes, as yes, another yes. letter. So, yes, this is going back to the letter, the first letter I think we looked at. Yes. Um, to Rome. And so Paul writes in Romans, this is 22 um, through 25. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we have, for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So there's a whole lot in there. A lot, yes. And so uh, I think, first of all, we are seeing that, that long suffering in the beginning, mm -hmm. the whole creation groaning, not only so, but Waiting we ourselves. Eagerly. And it's you can tell that it's not just like p being at peace with yourself, right? We right. talked about peace last time. It's not just like having an inward peace because there is kind of a, a conflict inside, um, but it's not so much um, turmoil conflict. Right. It's a desire for something that you're, you're anticipating. Um, and so here you, the whole creation groaning, we ourselves groaning 
Um, and this is, I guess, the endurance of, mm-hmm. of the long suffering. Yeah. And actually, I've mentioned this Latin word before, um, passion. And it actually comes from the same root mm-hmm. as patience. And so that's why we see this long suffering in both passion and patience. Which is to for context, we had talked about the on the first in the first episode was kind of fashion of the cross. I think is how we we were framing it of the it's a movie. Um, if you haven't seen, I mean, it's also used as a phrase, but it is a movie. Um, right. So if you want to check out the movie, highly recommend. But the reason why in that it's a depiction of, I mean, it's a it's the suffering. Yes, of it's, it's the suffering of Christ. Um, and so they use the word passion because of that root. And so um, we can think of it in the same way of this patience also kind of requiring that same endurance of suffering. Mm-hmm. And looking at, at these verses, I'm seeing kind of uh, two or three ways here that we kind of see patience in our lives. So it says, we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. That's, that's kind of the first thing I'm seeing. Um, and second, it says, the redemption of our bodies yeah that's kind of the second thing can i back us up a little bit in that sentence yes to the very beginning um which says like not only so but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit it seems like we we skimmed over that a little bit but what in the world is a spirit what does it Hmm. mean to have the first fruits of the spirit um because based on the sent like the structure of the sentence it seems like that those that eagerly waiting for adoption, whatever adoption is that we'll talk about later, and whatever redemption is that we'll talk about later, but those two seem to be coming from this idea of the spirit. So, mm-hmm. well, um, I think uh, the, a good place to look first um, might actually be uh, just like I don't know a, a page over in Romans. So we're gonna stick in the same book. Romans, and this time Romans 8, 14 and 15 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. So I'm already seeing how interrelated this idea of adoption um, and the Spirit are. Yeah. Should we... I guess I think we we started talking a little bit about like who God is in the first two um, episodes, mm-hmm. but I think this is a perfect opportunity to kind of come back um, to the idea because here we have this concept of the Spirit of God, um, which sounds eerily familiar, if you will, to yes. the Son of God. Um, and would you know it? That is because the Spirit of God is God, just like the Son of God is, mm-hmm. um, who's Jesus. And so here we have this kind of missing puzzle piece, if you will, um, of the, the, well, as we, I think we talked about last week, discussing kind of the Trinity, um, which are the three parts of God who are all God. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we have one, which is the spirit. And so, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, everything, I don't think we could ever encompass all that there is to talk about Definitely. who the spirit is. Um, but it might be interesting to talk a little bit more about like, what do you, like, I guess there's so much about the spirit, but what are the first things that you think about when you kind of hear someone talk about the spirit of God? So the first thing I think about, and I mentioned this, um, the last time we talked about it was 
kind of the image of being the love between the father and son. So it's a relation, it's relational. Mm -hmm. And so I think that kind of leads me into the second thing that I think about is our relationship with God. Um, so when I hear, you know, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, one of the first things I think about is, you know, this is one of the ways that we have kind of a direct communication with God. It, it is one way that we have God in our lives. And uh, we didn't put this in our notes, um, but the very beginning of Acts, I think, is uh, a great place to turn for um, the Holy Spirit. Because this is when, this is in Acts 2, when we see the Holy Spirit coming to the believers. Um, and it says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so this is, you know, God, the Son, so Jesus at this point has uh, died, been resurrected, and uh, ascended. ascended, all of which we will be talking about at a later date. <laughs> And so now we have kind of a new image of God coming to the believers, this time as this Holy Spirit. And it's something that fills them and enables them. Yeah. So I think, I mean, maybe one way of thinking about that is the Holy Spirit, help, like, I think is, is expressed, um, like, as a helper, um, oftentimes referred to as kind of a helper. Mm -hmm. And in like saying that, there's kind of this meaning of, well, the Holy Spirit being a teacher, um, the Holy Spirit being kind of someone who, uh, well, actually being why, we're, why we're, I think a lot of times it's um, like the reason why people become Christians is because of the Holy Spirit working, mm -hmm. working within them. Certainly. Um, and I, so very, and you can find that in the Bible too. Maybe I'll add a, a reference in oh, the, yes. the description or something. But. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, also helps interpret the scripture within us, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, and then here we're kind of seeing this aspect. I, I know I mentioned this as for in the beginning, but this aspect of teaching, right? So, um, here we're seeing kind of this idea of, um, teaching within us, um, like within our spirits or within our spirit, sorry. And there's kind of this idea of adoption to sonship. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems like the spirit is the one who's kind of bringing that about almost well maybe we should talk a little bit about it. Words. <laughs> um before moving forward to that actually i think you know in the spirit of <laughs> the spirit <laughs> you know what you've been <laughs> saying about enabling um about teaching i think we very much see just after the romans verse we read first so in 26 and 27 it says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness Ah, uh, yes, helps. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit him, himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So this is the two images that we've been talking about. Number one, enabling us. So it's helping right. us in our weakness. And number two, that relationship with God, it is interceding on our behalf with God. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a perfect passage to actually point to. Um, one, because it's in Romans, so would you know it? But given that it's a part of the same letter, all woven together, it's all, all kind of talking together to make a point, um, or in this case, many points. But we really, I mean, like we're, what we're seeing here is the Spirit as this teacher um, who's working within us to help us in our weakness um, and also interceding for us in mm-hmm. prayer. And so kind of in that spirit, that's the second time. <laughs> hey, I keep using it. It's funny. <laughs> of moving forward um, to what is sonship. Mm-hmm. I think a way to get there is to say, or to ask, how do we have the spirit? And my answer to that would be, well, through sonship. Um, and so that is what the the believers had in Acts 2. They were sons of God, and so they received the spirit. And we see this in... Romans 14 and 15, again, it says, um, you know, it's the spirit that you received. um, And it says, rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Mm -hmm. So it's that act of receiving the spirit makes you a child of God. It brings you into that sonship. And we talked about it. Yeah, exactly. Last week, we talked about this idea of of grafting in, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of the same thing as sonship, or we can think about the same thing as sonship. So imagine your nice tree again, um, and imagine your branch that you have nicely plucked from some other tree that you want to graft in, and then imagine kind of making a little wedge and putting that branch in. um, And now that branch that you've grafted in is going to be nourished by the main tree um and kind of in the same way that's that it, i mean that that is what sonship is so this grafting in um and in that moment of grafting is the i don't, know, I don't want to say acquiring so like it's not a possession but um the what is a better what's a better way of phrasing it like getting of the holy spirit uh, yeah the reception the reception that works and so that grafting being adoption, um, I think uh, another way that we can think about this is if we turn to um, John one twelve, and we talked about the um, the uh, we talked about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John last week, just briefly being kind of the the introductory books to the Bible, the um, the four Gospels, they are kind of very broad <laughs> stories of Jesus um, and his ministry on earth and his life. And so John is the fourth one of those, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, that we have in the in the Bible in that sequence. And John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. And so not only do we have this idea of adoption, but now it's it's kind of um, your birth is in God. Mm-hmm. So I think adoption is one way to look at it, where you know, you're outside of God and then you're brought in, but then there's also this sense of, being born of God. Um, So I think adoption is the act of becoming a child of God, 
But then when you are a child of God, I think you're born of God in the sense of um, receiving the Spirit. Right. And that's where like kind of the phrase born again is, I mean, tied to. Right. Which is this idea that when you become a Christian, there are aspects of your life that, or actually your entire life is changed, is transformed, who you are is transformed. Mm -hmm. um, and that is like the the process of being born again is this idea that you are, you become like born of God. And I, I want to just pause here for a second and maybe discuss how you actually achieve that. You know, how do you actually receive this Holy Spirit? And I think John 1.12 is a good place to stop on that because it says, to all who did receive him, and then clarifying, to those who believed in his name. So there's this idea of belief. Right. So what do we mean when we say belief in God? I mean, it means something more than merely recognizing potential existence. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can say, I think, well, are we going to jump there? There's another verse that says, uh, like, even the demons believe in God and, and or in Jesus, and I think it's in Shudder. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this idea that the belief or recognition of existence is not... It's, it, not, it's, it's not sufficient. It's not sufficient. In the same way, it's kind of like how we were defining pe or not peace, patience earlier. This distinction between a situation that requires patience mm -hmm. and then having patience itself. And here, it's like a situation that requires belief versus belief itself. So um, you can acknowledge existence and not believe. Mm. Um, and that's a little hard just based on the way that the words that are used, kind of the... <sighs> multiple interpretations of a singular word mm -hmm. but i think that's you know that's important when we talk about our relationship with god it's not simply a recognition that god exists right um you know i can have i can recognize that certain people exist in the world right, right? i can i can recognize mm -hmm. that uh, uh like uh kanye west i recognize that he exists I've never met the man, so I can't say I have a relationship with him, though. Right. And so I think we see that same distinction here in, in belief, where, you know, you can, you can understand that God exists, but without that relationship, mm -hmm. um, which, as we've seen, requires that Holy Spirit. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think of it as a very much relational aspect with God. Yeah. I think that's also emphasized through the fact that it's talked about as family. It's like, I think it's easy mm. to take that for granted, but, um, the amount we're shaped and reliant upon our families, especially as children, like it, it, it literally impacts your entire life. Um, one, your perspective, but then to like who you are, not just who you are as a person, but like whether you are a person for mm. More than however many years, so it's like it's families are incredibly important, um, and they play such a large role. And so, I think there's something to be said for like a relationship with God being depicted as one of family, um, because if we're if God is a good God, like He's perfect in all ways, then the relationship that he's offering is kind of like a perfect family. It's, a supre it's the supreme yes, relationship. Exactly. It's like the family that all other families 
are based off of or meant to be like mm-hmm. um, or are aspiring to be like, if you will. <laughs> and so there's something really beautiful about that. Like if you think of all the best things about being part of a family, um, even just like an ideal situation, like a conceptual, what is the, like ideally what is the best part of mm-hmm. a family, even if it's not experiential, um, it's like that times 200, 2000. In- in- infinity, yes. technically. But it's infinitely better, but infinity is hard to conceptualize. So um, it's just so much better. Like it's so much better than even the what you can conceive the ideal being um, in a relationship. So I don't know. I think that's cool. I think, no, for sure. I think it is very poetic, very poetic and, and beautiful to, to kind of introduce this imagery of family, of sonship, um, because it's something that, that we do have experience with, um, and it makes a relationship with God very much relatable. So maybe we should talk a little bit about what even the, like what in the world it is that we're actually being patient for as Christians. I think that kind of ties into this idea of redemption, coming back to mm-hmm. the Romans verse, um, in the beginning, we kind of, it says the redemption of our bodies is how it's freeze. Yeah. Um, and for this, for in this hope we are saved. Um, and so I, well, I'll go on with the hope part because I think it's important, but hope that is, is seen is no hope at all. What, what, oh my goodness, who hopes for what they already have. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So it's like, well, what is that hope that we're waiting for? Mm-hmm. Um, and how does that relate to redemption of our bodies? Like, what does that, what does that even mean? Well, uh, one thing before answering that question, <laughs> um, you made me think um, in reading that again, um, kind of the distinction between what we were saying, um, recognition versus relationship, belief um, versus, I, I don't know, belief of versus belief in. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, kind of seen here in the image of hope um hope hope in what is seen well that's not really hope you know it's like it's like right there right versus hope in what is unseen being like there is hope there because it's you know it's it's intangible right i mean like going back to corona um the hope that we have we haven't experienced yet so the hope of what it will be post corona when Mm -hmm. um you aren't worried about getting people sick or getting sick yourself. Um, that like, obviously we're not hoping for it because we have it. I think that's the whole point. That'd be a little absurd, right? but we're hoping for it because we don't have it. And it's something we can kind of, we can conceive of it. We can conceive of like the possibility, um, but we can't experience it or we aren't currently experiencing right. it. And that's why we desire it so much and are so hopeful for that future. And so as Christians, that hope for us, I think, is embodied in Ephesians 1, 7, and 8. And you want to read these ones? Sure. So it starts, In him we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. I think this is a, a really, a truly remarkable verse. But there are so many aspects of it that I don't think we can really get into this week. So first of all, through his blood, we're going to save that whole idea for an episode 
down the road. In and of itself. That will be, I think, a phenomenal episode. Everyone should want to listen to that one. <laughs> nice promotion there. But then, outside of that, we have two. Uh, what I'm what I'm seeing, kind of two ideas. Mm-hmm. So we have redemption, um, clarified as the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So maybe we should sit with that one for a second, and well, number one, sin. What in the world is sin? And then forgiveness of that. Um, I think sin is. Hard to explain in non-Christianese terms, yes. uh, if you will. As someone who like has grown up in the church, I have found that I genuinely struggle with defining mm-hmm. sin to people who were not raised in the church because it's a very it, it gets so ingrained in conversation. It can be sometimes right. hard to depart from. One way, one way I think of sin um, that I hope everyone can understand. I don't know. <laughs> is you know if god is is perfectly holy perfectly just perfectly good um that kind of prescribes actions that he would take right that are perfectly good perfectly holy perfectly just etc etc and sin then is when we take actions that are not what god would do they're kind of unholy unrighteous unjust ungood (laughs) Um, they're, they're deviations from God's perfectness. Yeah. Um, maybe another way of thinking about it, um, is this like, because we talk so much about relationships here, like the relationship with God. Um, I think you can think of sin as like a departure from that relationship or, mm -hmm. um, a purposeful disunity, if you will. So instead of, if you're walking life with God, just imagine yourself like you have a road and you're walking life with God and you're walking side by side. Um, To sin is to veer off that road. Mm -hmm. So instead of walking alongside him, you're like, oh, look, a coconut. And you go to the (laughs) left and you merge away and God's like, that's really not what you want. Um, And so you've gone off merging off, like off on that path. And so this idea of forgiveness of sin and well, we'll get more into redemption, but this idea of redemption, I think you could say broadly is kind of that returning from your detour to um, the coconut, influenced by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So kind of had, as we talked earlier, this in, like kind of the holy one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is kind of opening your eyes and being like, oh, God is not with me as I walk to this coconut. God is mm-hmm. over there. And the Holy Spirit drawing you through Christ, um, which we'll get more into kind of what his blood means later. Yes. But that, imagine that that walking path back is kind of talking like referring to that and now you're back on the main path with god by your side and that's kind of the idea like that's the hope that's like we are not there yet we're on that we're on our way there Mm -hmm. we're walking back from the coconut to there building that relationship with god but not quite not perfectly united again Mm -hmm. um because even if we walk towards him we're in a relationship with him but we're not completely unified we keep seeing other things we're like oh look a raisin and we go off on the side and oh, and then we come back and then we're like oh look something else mm-hmm. and you just keep making that that zigzag each moment each one of those little zigzags being a moment of sin of departure from unity with god mm-hmm. and i think what you said you know the holy spirit bringing us back to god is um i think we very much see that in uh the second half of this verse you know uh 
in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Right. So it is not so much that, you know, we go off into sin. We, you know, we go off the beaten trail and we diverge from God. And then we recognize, right. oh, I'm off the beaten trail. I should go and meet God. I think we're very much, as humans, you know, we are always going to the coconut. Right. We, like, truly desire it. That is... Like, or we think we do. <laughs> the coconut. What a what an image. I think, I'm just saying. Coconut. Imagine the coconut <laughs> is all that humans ever desire. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like not, on their own. Yes. But it's not what God desires mm-hmm. for us. And so instead of us ever at the coconut going, I want to be back with God. Um, it requires the intercession of God. God says, you don't have to come to me. And he comes to us and brings us back to him. And that is a beautiful image. I think that's a much better way of describing kind of the the path back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, I mean, we'll make that a, a lot clearer down the road here. But But the overall concept of what's the hope that we're looking for, the hope that we're looking for, like we are the stage we're at right now um, as Christians, the thing that we're looking towards is to be completely back with God. So we're in the process of him bringing us back to that main road. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the hope that we have is for when we are back on that main road with him. And it's also tied into the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. So it's not only saying... Well, I think it's it's all tied together in the sense of, you know, we're coming back to God from the coconut. Um, and the only way that we can come back to God is if he forgives right. our divergence. Right. And so I think that's very much tied into this idea of God coming and, and bringing us back to him requires also him saying, it's okay mm-hmm. that I have to come get yeah. you. So I think that's that is very much the the beautiful image that I'm seeing. Although I I don't think coconut would have been my first choice of a distraction. I can't explain why it was that, but it popped in my mind. You have to go with the metaphor. And so um, just to to kind of rehash what we've been through, um, you know, we've been looking at, at patience, and patience being. Um, this long suffering, not that is forced on us, right? Not that it is required in a certain situation, mm-hmm. but that we apply in a situation, that endurance. And we have that um, as Christians. We have that through our hope in that relationship with God that manifests through the Holy Spirit coming yeah. and, and bringing us back to God in that active relationship. Yeah, so kind of to summarize, we came in this whole conversation starting in Romans 8.22. Um, and the three things that we looked at were kind of the Holy Spirit, so and then adoption and redemption, which we'll hopefully get to talk more about in the future. Well, not hopefully, we will. Definitely. I, I sure definitely. hope we do. Unless the podcast, if, as long as the podcast continues, we will be continuing as well. And, and speaking of the podcast continuing, um, you know, we do that thanks to people listening to it. And so um, thank you, everyone who is listening right now for tuning in and uh, giving this a good taste of your, <laughs> of your earbuds. 
Yes, I would like to second that. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you have had a wonderful day and are having a wonderful day. Um, be sure to stay up to date with The Good Fight by following The Columbia Witness on Instagram and Facebook to know when we release more content. And we'll be, we'll be releasing every Thursday. So um, this episode will be released on a Thursday. And every episode since, um, unless there's maybe a holiday, we haven't thought that far yet. We haven't thought that through. We're going to have to do some reconnaissance in the calendar. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if you tune in every Thursday, um, however you prefer to listen to podcasts, we'd love you to, to keep listening. And um, as Grace Alita said, you know, we'd love to hear back from you. So um, if you see any, uh, like, a, uh, questions or... Um, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, opinions. Yes. Um, all of the above. You can drop those on anything uh, The Good Fight related on The Witness Instagram or Facebook. Or um, we'd love to hear back from you directly. You can feel free to email us um, at our email, which is witnessthegoodfight at gmail.com. Adios. <laughs>